Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us start this discipleship class. And I think some people may be familiar with some things that I'm going to bring, but I'm believing God that as we start this class and as we all learn together, we can make disciples. We will know how to make disciples of men. And it's good that all leaders that are in leadership be a part of this class because it helps the leaders to know if they are truly disciples. Amen. So they can be learners and um, followers of Jesus Christ. So this is where I'm going to start tonight. The Lord laid this on my heart. As we all know what a disciple is, it is a learner and a follower of Jesus Christ. So when you learn from Jesus, you're going to do what Jesus done. You're not going to go outside of what he's doing. You're going to stay in alignment with him. And if you stay in alignment with him, you stay in alignment with the word of God. So some of the things that we're going to learn in this class is um, which Bible should I use? We're going to learn about the Bibles. We're going to learn about Greek, Hebrew. Now, I'm not um, going deep with Greek and Hebrew, but I will uh, show you how to study and the tools that you will need in order to study. So that way you'll know what the word of God is saying, because every word in the Bible, just because it is the same word, it does not mean the same thing. So you need to know the difference because what's happening is people will take a verse of scripture and they will quote it. And that scripture may not mean what they're um, actually saying. So this is why the word have to be dissected. It has to be broke down. So you will know what um, is being said in um, that passage. You don't want to take a passage of scripture and just pull something out and repeat it. You want to know the who, the what, the when, the where, and the how. The who, the what, the when, the where, and the how. So you got to know all of those things. And then when you put all of those things together, by asking all of those questions, you will be able to know what that passage is saying. Why did Paul say what he said? Because sometimes things are run together and it it will lose you at times. You'll be like, wait a minute, you started here, Paul, but why are you over here? So that's why we do have a helper, which is the Holy Spirit. He will help us. He will lead us. He will guide us into all truth. So we want to make sure that we have understanding of a scripture before we go out and use that scripture and tell somebody else what a scripture is saying and it's not saying that. And another thing is that I have learned, if the word does not say it, I don't add to it and I don't take away from it. We cannot add to the word. The Bible tells you not to add to it and do not take away from it. So we cannot just try to read into the word with our own conclusion. What we can say is, this is what I come to believe. For my, this is what I believe. But we don't want to lead people astray with that either. Because what you believe may not be what the word is saying as well. So let's be careful on how we spit out scriptures before we get an understanding of what that scripture is saying. Why? Because it leads to a spirit of error. And we don't want to, um, you know, bring people into error. We want to bring people into the truth. If you don't know something, say you don't know it. Don't try to act like you know and don't know. Because I have been pastoring for 22 years and yet I don't know everything. I have to wait on the spirit of the Lord. I have to look it up and say, wait a minute, I'll get back with you because I don't want to lead nobody astray. And I don't think it's any person out there that can claim to know everything. When you claim to know everything, you know nothing. 
So we can all miss it sometime, and this is why we want to make sure we know for ourselves through illumination and revelation what the word of God is saying unto us. So when we get into discipleship, I advise you, don't come in here and start out good, and then the next thing you know, you're not in here no more. Don't come in here and get the scriptures and, and, and don't go home and meditate on those scriptures and study those scriptures for yourself because you got to study enough and meditate on the word enough that if you don't have your Bible, when you're out, you can minister to a person without trying to think about where it's at. When you truly meditate on the word of God, it will take root and what's in you, it's going to come out of you. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. God will show himself mighty. He will show himself strong through you. Because the more you get into the word, the word gets in you. And the word begin to come out of you. Your lifestyle begin to change. How do you know that there's truly a change when it comes to the word? Because you're not doing and saying the same things you do nor say. You're not taking things out of content. You're in alignment with the way that God would want it to be. And you're not, um, you're free. You don't feel like you're in bondage. You're not feeling like you're condemned. And one thing I'm going to say, do not compare yourself amongst yourselves. It's not wise. Don't compare yourself to me or nobody else. You take the word in for yourself. I may say something differently from you, but as long as it's the same word, we okay. I may um, bring it to you differently than you bringing it to me. But as long as it's the same word, it's okay. Because some people have different illustrations from me. That does not mean they don't know the word. God will break it down to what's in the room. He knows the people that are in the room. And God is so simple when it comes to the word. The word is simple, y'all. The word is not to be so hard nobody can really grab hold to the word of God. I want to be able to grab hold to the word to the point that I'm enjoying reading the word. I don't know about you. When you really get deep into the word and know what the word is saying, you get so excited. You're so bubbly. You're so full of joy. You're ready to get into it some more. So we want to make sure that we're lining up with what the word is saying. We don't want to go outside of the word. If I say something that you need an understanding with, come to me and ask me if you don't understand it. Because we want to make sure we're on one accord. So um, let's get started here. And this is where I'm going to start. And I think this is the appropriate place to start. The Lord laid this on my heart. And tonight what we're going to first talk about is God. We're going to talk about who is God. And this is what we need to talk about because you have some people out there that ask you, who is God? How do you know God is real? How do you know God exists? You're going to have to give them an answer, not a debate. But you want to answer them according to what the word is saying. So let's talk about who is God. We went over this before, but we're going back again. First of all, God is self-existent. What do I mean by self-existence? He has no creator, but has always existed. God has no creator, but has always existed. Now, when you tell people that, you want to back it up with the word. Anything that you say to somebody, if you cannot back it up with the word, don't say it. If you have not searched the Bible for yourself to know where it is, don't say it. Sometimes we say, now I know it's in the word. I, I know it's in the word. I know this is true. You know, I, I would do that too. But they're still waiting Will show me. And that's when the enemy come in and bring condemnation when you can't find what you're saying. So this is why, and, and I'm going to give you a little nugget. You can find this in Psalms chapter 90, verse 2. But let's say you don't actually remember the verse, but you remember the chapter, Psalms 90. When you give them that, you own it. Because when they go in there, read Psalms 90, it will tell you. And it gives them the whole Psalms. 
So sometimes you may not can remember that exact verse, but you can give them the scripture. Amen. Psalms 90 verse 2. English Standard Version. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. This is the proof that God existed before anything else existed. And we know that God's word is what? True. So we're going to go on his word. We're not going to go on anything else outside of his word. It says, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, before anything was formed, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. When something is from everlasting to everlasting, there's no beginning or no end. It's from everlasting to everlasting. God was already here. Now, what we want to do is, it says, let the word be established by what? Two or three witnesses. If that don't get them, we want to have a backup, right? So, Isaiah 44, verse 6. Isaiah 44, verse 6. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. And besides me, there is no God. He said, thus says the Lord, the king of Israel and his redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first and I am the last. And besides me, there is no God. Look at that. There is no God except God. And see, we have to know this ourselves as um, learners and followers of Jesus Christ that God is the only true and living God there is no other God we need to know these things because if somebody come up to you and begin to ask you these questions you can back it up with the word of God you need to have back up with the word of God you can't just say I know I just know so another scripture we're familiar with this one Genesis 1 1 right in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning, God created. So that tells you that God was here before anything was created. Then we look again. You can go to John 1, verse 1 through verse 3. I'm giving you more than uh, two or three witnesses. Sometimes you can go on and on and on and on because the more you study the word the more you add to the word. And the more you add to the word, don't just add to it without letting it get a, a root. So you'll know where it's at. Just in case you don't have your Bible, you keep it in your heart. It's going to come out of your mouth. It's going to start flowing out of your mouth, these verses of scriptures. And you're going to have confidence on what's coming out. Why? Because when it get in your heart, when anything get in your heart, guess what? It's coming out of your mouth. Whether it's foul language if it's in your heart, it's coming out. Um, I know this um, gentleman, and he tried to be so respectful, so respectful when me and my husband is around and when he's talking to us. He'll start out before he get the second word out, he's cussing. And he's, oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. He'll start talking again, and he'll cuss again. Oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. He don't mean it's in him. He's so full of cuss words. That, that's all that come out every time he talk. Boom, but after each one, excuse me, excuse me. So we know that he don't mean to do it. It has become so much a part of him. And he's trying not to disrespect us, but it's in him. So whatever is in you that been in you for so long until it's rooted out of you, it's going to come through you. And that's what we must remember. That's why we can't put anything in our heart. We have to um, set a guard over our heart. What is that scripture that says um, in Proverbs uh, chapter 4, the 20th verse? And it says, see, the Holy Spirit will lead you to the exact scripture that you're talking about when you're familiar with that passage of scripture is in Proverbs 4. And I like how the, um, in Proverbs it says, the fourth chapter, 
verse 20, you know what 20 on down said. It said, 23, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the spring, springs of life. So what we do, we have to guard our heart. We have to keep our heart because life comes from where? The heart. It springs from our heart. So we want to make sure we guard it. We want to make sure that we keep it. Once we get that word in there, the word of God, we got to watch over the heart. Why? Because the enemy want to come and he want to take out what we have put in and he want to replace it with a corrupt seed instead of the seed, the word of God. So we have to be careful to keep a guard over our heart. So we know what John 1 verse 1 through verse 3 says In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And this is the verse 3. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And when you have all of these scriptures backing up that God existed before anything else existed. Do y'all remember the um, movies that was out... um, does God exist? What was the name of it? The existence of God. Do you remember, Teresa? It's out on Pure Flex, and I can't remember. But they have where this guy was proving that God does exist. And he did prove it. And it was so simple because they was going through evolution and all of this stuff. But when, when he, I ain't going to get ahead because I want to say that so when I gather all this together, you understand where I'm coming from. But you have to know within your heart that God does exist. And I'll give this nugget. I'm going to have to go ahead and give it because the Holy Spirit nudging me. How do I know for real that God does exist? Because the more time I spend with him, God reveals himself. When you don't spend time with God... How can he reveal himself unto you? And I'm not talking about spending time to prove yourself. Some people spend time to prove what they know. I'm not talking about that. So you can let people know what you know. No, you want to spend time to God because you have that relationship and you want to fellowship with him. You get to know him for yourself. And the more you get to know him for yourself, you don't have to prove yourself to nobody. Remember Jesus, when the devil wanted him to prove that he was the son of God, he said, man, don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. See, he didn't have to prove who he was. So if we're getting into this word to prove, I know, I know, I know, that's pride. And where pride is, there is a fall. Or if we're getting into the word because we're afraid that people are looking at us a certain way, so we got to get in here and we got to grab it because if we don't grab it, they're going to think I'm not this and I'm not that. And I don't want people to think that way of me. I'm a leader and I'm supposed to know. You're a burden. And there go condemnation. You burdened down by what people think of you and how um, people are going to perceive you. You cannot look at it like that because if you do, you're not really enjoying being with the Father. You're just being with the Father to make sure that nobody look at you sideways. That's not a good thing. You should feel so free. How, how many of us, when... We're with our earthly father. I know some relationships are different. But either way, if if you have an earthly father and that father is way out there somewhere, you still want to spend time with him some kind of way. Just being around him, you know, and I'm I'm around him. And you want to do something with him. Or you may have an um, earthly father where, you know, you're so tight with them. You don't want to miss a moment with them because you, you love to hear them talk. They're always saying something. You know, your heart is just overflowing. It's bubbling every time you, you know, come in contact with him. It should be like this with God. You, it's so good with God, you don't want to miss that time with him. Every opportunity you get, you want to spend with him. And the more time you spend with him, God is revealing himself in some kind of way. God will show himself. He will manifest his glory unto you. And the more he do that, you don't have to do nothing to prove it. You just live it. You're living proof of what God has done. I don't know about y'all. I'm living proof. 
of what God um, has done in my life and who he is to me. When you really develop that relationship through having fellowship with him, nobody can tell you any different about God. You'll begin to talk about him, and the more you talk about him, you say, I want to get to know that God. I mean, he's a loving God. Because it's not about trying to get all the scriptures in. It's about living according to who you represent. And the more you live that way, when people sit in front of you, they don't want to run from you when you're giving scripture after scripture. And those scriptures are coming from the heart. And they're seeing the passion, the excitement. They're seeing that zeal that's um, coming from you um, as you speak about God. And they're saying, wow, wow. From the time you started on to the time you ended, I felt so much peace. I felt so much life around me. God is manifesting himself. Isn't that awesome? The more you talk about him, the more he manifests himself through what? Through his word. So how do we know God exists? Now I talked about through the scripture that God does exist. That should be enough, right? That should be enough. We, we give scripture, that should be enough. But Romans 1, verse 19 through verse 20 says, Because that which may be known of God is manifested in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his external power and godhead so that they are they are without excuse meaning when we look at creation that should tell us man didn't do that that should say there is a god when you look up at night and you see the stars in the sky Man didn't do that. When you look up and you see the sky and above that, there's, there's what? The third heaven. You're looking at all of this and you know man couldn't do that. The sun, the moon, the stars. You're looking at all of his creation. Come on, look at man. Let's look at us. Man didn't create man. God created us with a body that came through dust, did he not? But look what he put inside that our body, a heart that pumps blood. Man didn't do that. You remember, um, what was it, Frankenstein? Was it the man that made Frankenstein? And he was trying to do everything he could to, to make Frankenstein. But nobody can make a human being but God. Nobody can put that human being back together the way that human being need to be but God. They can give you a leg, but it ain't going to be the leg that God wants you to have. You got to understand the only one that can do what need to be done to us is God. So when we really know him for who he really is, we can really call on him for whatever need. Come on, he got a name for every need we have. And the only thing we got to do is call on him. That's why we have to get to know. We can't go out and disciple nobody when we don't know our father. How can I tell y'all about my father, my earthly father, if I never spent time with him? If I never really sat down and talked with him and, and talked about his likes and his dislikes and how he raised me and the things he taught me and the things that we shared and some things he didn't agree with, some things I didn't agree with, but finally, we, come on, y'all. I couldn't tell you about my earthly father if I did not spend time with him. This is why we have to spend time with our heavenly father. We have to get to know him in a way that even when people come against him and begin to tell you something opposite of what he said, you can say, no, mm -mm, that ain't my father. That ain't my father. That's the devil. That's not God. That's not who God is. So not only are we going to learn that he's the creator and he's the maker and he existed before everything but we're going to learn his nature because if you don't know his nature and know um, how God is and his characteristics you will take anything and say it's God 
So we're going to learn all of that too, but we have to know that nothing that was created was created outside of him. He's Elohim. He is the creator. Why do we take the word of God and read it, but we don't take it for what it really is? If God said it, God meant it, and he done exactly what he said. He does not change his mind. Whatever is written, you cannot mark it out. Whatever God has written in his word, you cannot change it. Because it's written. And God does not change. So look at Psalms 14 verse 1. Listen at this. I'm reading out the Amplified Classic. The empty-headed fool. That's what a fool is. Empty-headed, senseless. Has said in his heart. See, it's coming from the heart. There is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable, abominable deeds. There is none that does good or right. So a fool is empty-headed, is senseless, because they're saying there is no God. Now, this man was saying when he was in the military that, um, you know, you had those that were saying there was no God because they were atheists. He said, but when them bombs went off, they was calling on him. So how could there not be a God if you're calling on a God when the bombs are going off? See, they know that there really is a God, but in their heart, some of them have come to believe that there's not one, but they really know that there is a God by creation. And then it was another gentleman who, this guy was having a Bible study, and he was teaching them about, you know, the Bible. And this gentleman come in, and he was an atheist. He said by the time he got finished, people were walking out of his Bible study because they were believing that atheist, because some of the questions he was asking, he couldn't answer those questions. But when the guy kept saying, how do you know there's a God? He said, because I know there's a God. Because we spend time together. We have a relationship. So he kept telling him, but what makes you think that there's still a God? He said, because I spend time with him. So he kept answering, but the people walked out. But guess who came back after the people left? The atheist. And he said, you said something that helped me to believe and know that I want to know the God that you serve. He said, because every time I gave you a question to put doubt about if there was a God, you came back and said, I know him because I spend time with him and he spent time with me. And the more he said that, the more the man was saying, I want to get to know the God that you spending time with. So see, we, the more we spend time with God, there's going to be a life change, y'all. I'm telling you, some people think, how can I put it? When you spend time with God, you don't change. How can I say it? You, you live the same way. You're not putting on airs. You don't come in church and hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, God is good. How you doing, baby? God is so good. And then you go home and live like a heathen. When you truly know God and spend time with God and know who God is, from your home to the church, it's the same. People should know exactly how you are because you're not trying to put on no air. You're not trying to change your words. You're not trying to doctor nothing up. You're always the same. You laugh with them, you cry with them, but you don't change when it comes to the word of God. It remains the same. And that's how we should be when we spend time with the Father. We always do things according to him and not according to us. So we see that so far, God created everything because he's Elohim. He existed before everything. This is what the scriptures are saying in John, the uh, first chapter, verse 1 through verse 3 Genesis 1 1 we also went over um, Psalms 90 verse 2 so it's showing us the existence of God that God exists so if somebody asks you does he exist say look up look around or have a mirror with you and say who do you see say on the outside you do see you but you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God 
Because in the beginning, God created. And then when you get to the 26th and the 27th and the 28th verse, you are a spiritual being. But God needed you here on this earth. So he had to make you from the dust of the ground. He had to have man to carry out what he have created. Come on, when you know the word of God, you can keep on talking. And things that they bring at you, the Holy Spirit will remind you and bring something to your remembrance that you have read through the word to add to what they're saying. And that'll help them to shut their mouth. And it won't be no debate. We do not debate the word. We don't get mad over the word. We just bring what the Holy Spirit tell us to bring and we go on. Do not debate no word. Because everybody do not believe the same thing. Everybody do not study the scriptures the same way. So you got to know even before you sit before people what the subject is, what you're going to bring. Because if you don't, it's going to be somebody that's going to be mad. They ain't what I read. They ain't what the word said. So next thing that we got to know. We also, we determined that God does exist. And he existed before anything else existed, right? God, he's the creator. He's Elohim. There is no other God except who? God, Jehovah, Yahweh. Amen. That's the only God. Another scripture. We got to know this. God is not man. You do not put God in the category of who? Man. You do not do that. Y'all know the scripture, Numbers 23, 19. God is not who? God is not who? That he should what? Neither the son of man, that he should what? Change his mind. Have he not said it, shall he not do it? Have he not spoken it, shall he not make it good? We do not put him in the category of man. When you develop your relationship with God through fellowshipping with him, you're going to know he ain't man. So I'm going to God before I go to man because God is my answer. He said if I call on him, he's going to do what? He's going to answer me. And he's going to show me great and mighty things. Why? Because he is God. Man cannot show me. What God can. Man cannot give me the answer like God can. Not lest God give it to him to give to me. So we have to understand that God is not who? He's not man. We got to quit putting God in the category with man. And this is how we do it. Well, you know, um, God is, uh, I'll, I'll put it like this. <laughs> Either we go to God or we go to man. Either we believe God or we believe man. Now, God can use a man, don't get me wrong. But God is God by himself. People got to know even that man that he didn't do it, God done it. If a man is saying he done it, then he's not seeing God for who he really is. So we have to be careful to say, you know, um... I'll put it this way. I'll use healing, for example. If you got a headache and you take Tylenol, what healed you? Why do people say God worked through the Tylenol? God don't need no help. Now, God did allow Tylenol if you ain't going to believe him because he don't want you to have pain. Don't get upset if you take it. This is my point. God don't need no help. This is how well we supposed to know God. He don't need no help for people to know it is God. Everything else got to be left off of it. Y'all don't get it? This is why when miracles happen and people have rods in their leg, when people see a creative miracle, the rod is laid over there and the person is walking. How is that? Because God don't need no help. That's how well we're supposed to know God. But understand this. If you're not in that place to trust God outside of something, don't say, 
You know what? Well, God is in, is, is in that. God don't need no help, y'all. He don't need no help. He's God all by himself. You cannot put man and God together. Either it's God or it's man. And I'm going to give you this true story because we're still talking about God and how powerful he is. And I mentioned this before. My grandmother was at death door. She had went in there to hang up my granddaddy's coat. And she's a short little woman. And actually, she's shorter than me. And some people say I'm short, right, Quisha? Anyway, when she went to hang up the coat, back long time ago, they had beds. And they were very thick beds. Y'all know those good beds that they don't make no more? And when Grandmama hang, went to hang up the coat, she fell over on that bed. And the bedpost hit her. And when it hit her... Grandmama was um, basically at death door. It really done some damage for her age and everything. So granddaddy told grandmother, this is what he told her. When she was laying in that bed, and I remember around her mouth, it was like blue from what I can remember. Granddaddy told her the first thing he said. He said, Louise, you can either trust God or you can trust the doctor. Choose. If you choose to trust the doctor, it's okay. God's still going to love you. But you got to decide whom you're going to put your trust in. Grandmama said, I'm putting my trust in God. When Grandmama said that, Granddaddy would go in that room. He would be singing with Grandmama. He would be reading the word to Grandmama. And I'm not going to lie to y'all. My grandmother come out of there walking. Because she decided deep within her heart. I'm going to trust God. So when you trust God, this is why we have to really know him, y'all. If you truly trust him, God don't need no help. Because God know your heart that you truly trusting in him. And God know where you are. So we can't play around with the word. Either you know what the word is saying or you don't know what the word is saying. Now, I, I think I opened up a door of offense in the room. Because do not get upset if you take Tylenol, if you take whatever you take, that's your business. I'm saying who God really is. I'm not telling you to stop taking what you're taking. But it's going to come a time on the land, which it is here now, that none of that stuff is working no more. And we have to know that we know that we know in the times that we're going in that God is really who he say he is. And when we know he is who he say he is, we can stand doing all we can stand. Because we know who he is. We have to know. And the reason why we have to know, because being a disciple, when you go out amongst people and you know who God is, you ain't going to leave them in the state that they are because God is a loving God. God don't leave people like they are. He won't. And he's in us. So the first thing is we have to know God. We have to know who he is, his nature, his attributes. So we see that, first of all, we don't put him in the category with man. He's God all by himself. Go throughout the word of God from Genesis to Revelation. The ones who truly trusted God took God at his word. God manifested himself right there in Egypt to let them know there is no other God. That's why he went through all those plagues. He was showing them, you ain't, uh, them gods ain't above me. He had to let them know. They went through it and God showed even the Israelites that he was God. How are we going to know that he's God if we don't trust him? So we know that he is not man, that he should lie. So we don't put him in the category of man. When we always go to him, we're going to him because we know he's God Almighty. He is El Shaddai. Come on, he got many names. He's the great I am that I am. Come on, y'all. When you, when you know those names, oh my goodness, when you know them and you get to know them, you be calling them out. I know who you are. I know what you have already done. And if you did it then, you already done it now. Knowing who God is. Then the next thing that we got to understand is we got to believe that God exists. Hebrews eleven six. 
But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that come to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We got to know that God exists. How do we know that God exists? And these are some of the things that we're going to go through. That we're going to do um, little skits. And we're going to do um, coming together right after this teaching. And I give you more to when somebody come up to you and debate like an atheist. You're going to have to spit it out and tell them. This is how I know. So these are the things we're going to go through because we're meeting these people now today. And believe it or not, some people in church with you. Some people in church, in churches, say God but really don't believe him. Because we turn to other things. How many? We all done it. I've done it. I'm crying out to God. God, I know you can. I know, But I'm looking in another direction. Come on. We all have done it. I'm crying out and say, God, you said, but in the back of my mind, I got a plan B. I'm saying God is first, but I already made a plan. If you don't do this by this right here, I got to do this right here now. I can't sit here and wait now. Come on, how many else ain't done it? Well, God, if it ain't done in a few more days, I'm just going to have, yeah, I'm just going to, he already know my heart. He's probably saying, go ahead and get it over with and go ahead and do it because that's what you're going to do anyway. See, we want a quick fix. We want to quote the word and quote the word and quote the word and thinking the more I quote it, then God's going to do something. God already done something if you never quote it. So you got to know through his word what he has already done. Y'all, we got miracles in this room. Because God has done some things that you know it was him because you know it wasn't you. You know when it was 1159.59 and you waited on God. God opened up the, the floodgates of heaven. Because you say, God, I'm going to trust you. It's 11.59.59 and I'm still trusting you because you have not changed. You remain the same and I'm giving you glory for who you are and for what you have already done. God is still God. And everywhere we go, we take him with us. This is why we have to keep our mind on things above and not things on this earth because when you know who you represent and you know who he is and you know what he's already done, you're going to keep your mind on him and keep your mind outside of the things of the world. Cuz God is still who he say he is and it takes time to get to know him. Don't do no quick fix. When we date, some of us still dating, married and still dating, right? Some of us. <laughs> we get so used to each other. Go on over there and sit down. <laughs> but when we started talking to him, oh, oh, I can't wait till you come over. But then when you really come together in a marriage, you think you know a person, but live with them. Oh, my goodness, you will call on Jesus, and you will know there's a God. Come by here, Lord. Come by here. Oh, Lord, you better come by here. I need you right now, Lord. Come by here. We had moments like that, and you need to stay a while when you get him. Because, see, you don't know him like that. You don't. So just stay right here. Me and my husband have had some sessions. Well, Lord knows if God didn't come by here, not with us, but with other people. We had some sessions. So I'm telling y'all, you got to know him. You got to know him for yourself before you go out and try to witness to somebody and don't know God for yourself. And it takes time with reading the word of God, reading, studying, and meditating, reading, studying, and meditating when you read you're searching out the land but when you study you're dissecting that land and when you meditate you taking what you have dissected and you're meditating on that thing and sometimes you want to swallow it but then you bring it back up because there's some more in there you tasting and you seeing how good God is and the more you chew on it mm, Mm -mm -mm. it get better and better and then you say I ain't ready to swallow it quite yet because I believe it's something else 
in there. You know how they do a food tasting and that person can put that food in their mouth and they can taste every little spice or whatever that's in that food. Come on, when you get the word of God, you just don't swallow it. You got to meditate on it a little bit. You got to let that word marinate, y'all. And then when it don't seem like it's right, uh uh-uh. Wait a minute, it's still something else. It's something else there. It's something else that's missing because the Holy Spirit will let you know that ain't all of that. That bring it back up. That's not all of it. See, you ready to put it back, bring it back up. That ain't all of it. So it can take a while on one verse. Because see, you still got to search the land. Reading is searching. But when you get to studying, you got to dissect. And then once you dissect, you can begin meditating on what you have dissect. So don't be quick. Don't try to read the Bible in one year and don't even know what it's saying. Because the Holy Spirit will stop you while you're reading and shine light on a word or a verse. And that means stay right there. I'm talking to you. Can't, Lord. I got to get this in. I'm behind on reading now. I suppose I've been through today, Friday. I got four or five more chapters now. I, I got to move on. I'm talking to you. Be still. There's something here I want you to see. That's why we can't rush through the word. Y'all, it is so, so good when you know how to use what you have. When you know how to use what you have and the benefits from what you have. It is so, so good. So we're going to take our time and go through this bit by bit. Take these scriptures home. Meditate on them. And I'm pretty sure as you meditate on them and some of y'all that has grown up and that's mature, you probably can add to them. But I'm just giving you a little bit, but it's more to knowing who um, God is and and that he exists. But whatever you do, don't go home and lay it down and come back in here Tuesday and then I ask people to come up and everybody's sitting there like a deer in headlight and nobody ain't moving. Because to get this certificate, you got to move. You got to come up. You got to move. I ain't going to keep calling you up. If you sit there, hey, it's all right with me. I'm moving on. This is a new year. So we give God glory that we want to have disciples going out there making disciples. You don't have to wait on no fivefold. You don't have to wait on no pastor. You're going to have what you need where you can go out there and minister, where you can evangelize. You don't have to be an evangelist to evangelize, y'all. You don't have to have no title to go out there and make disciples of men. Amen? To God be the glory. Do we have anything, anybody want to share with what I have went over so far? Or do we have anybody that I want to share how God have proven himself or manifested himself in your life where you know that he does exist because you know man didn't do it. You know it was God. Okay. Come on up, Renee. You can come up after Pookie. Well, God has proven himself to me. Um, I know some of you will probably know that I lost my mom in uh, August 2021. And after that, um, she lost her, um, we lost her, my two of my uncles, like within the same, it was like, not even like two weeks apart. And um, for me to get through that and be able to, Plan her funeral and um, uplift my um, younger cousins um, that belong to my uncles. Um, after that, I fell into a, a deep depression and really wanted to be alone. But um, at that time, um, I would listen to music and God would minister to me through music. And I was able to get up and come back to church and be around my church family. Amen. God has proven himself in so many ways. 
But the one that really just sticks out is my granddaughter. Um, I remember when she was born. When she was born, uh, Quisha's Jada and another little girl and Ava, I had all three of them in my daycare. And um, Jada and the other little girl, they was just doing everything they were supposed to do. And Ava wasn't doing anything. Everything that I was seeing in Ava was, Ava was autistic. I started praying over her and I started speaking the word over her. You know, the children would come to daycare and with autism, it's a social and emotional. They don't connect, you know, with other children and stuff. And Jada and uh, what's the little girl name? Aubrey would be just running and playing with each other and laughing and grinning. And Ava would just stand there with me and she would just stand there. She would look at them and she would look at them. I would continue to pray and continue to speak the word over her, her brain and her, her, her mouth and rebuke, muteness, and just speak what the word say. And I remember one day we was outside and Ava was just looking at them and she did. She said, and that next thing I know, Ava took off. It was like she was looking at the other children and she took off. So as time went on, time went on, you know, as young parents, um, they not knowing because this is their first baby, but I'm knowing because I work with kids. I don't, I don't have autistic kids before, and I know that by now, Ava should be saying something. Bye-bye, Mama. She wasn't saying anything. And then she started on um, um, early intervention, and um, the lady used to come out and, you know, work one-on-one with her. Now Ava was three, and Ava was still not talking. But then one day, Ava started to talk. And now she won't shut up. (laughs) She's in a regular classroom, and it was just like, you know, I went through that point where, you know, I want to hear her say, Grandma, I want to take her in the store. You know how kids be begging for this and begging for that. Now I can't go by the store. Grandma's, we going shopping today. (laughs) And I tell anybody, I know without a shadow of a doubt, Ava had autism, but God healed her. Amen. Amen. Look at God. I know as everybody in this room can say, who, Jennifer, did you raise your hand? Say that God does exist. Amen. I think about what God reminded me was um, how, like, the further we go along, you know, as knowledge is increased, it only proves all the more that the Bible is right. And the scripture, um, hope is, uh, oh gosh, faith is the substance substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. And you think about how many years ago they didn't know what DNA was and they didn't know that everything there is is made out of DNA and those molecules. And the more science come along, we see that everything is made up But we don't see it. We can't see that DNA, not just looking at it. But God sees it, and God made everything. I just thought that was just, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, God, I mean, man can't fix nothing. They can't even make nothing. They can't even make a light bulb last. And look what God's created. Amen. And do we have any more or any more? Come on, Sister Lisa. Um, God has did so many things in my life, but I know he's did a lot, but the one that really sticks out with me and stays in my heart, and I say, now, if God did that, I know he can do this, but then, you know, you, my husband, he is a miracle, and sometimes I look at him and I say, it had not been for God, because my husband, 
He's been through so much. I really felt in my heart that the devil was really trying to take him from me. But God knew that I needed to be in this church because he knew that that was going to happen with my husband. And I really feel like if I hadn't been in this church, I don't know what I'd have done or whatever because I'm not being, I hadn't been taught like I'm being taught now. But I know my husband is a miracle. Because Can I share a little bit? Because in 2012, my husband had got this knot on his head. And he kept worrying me about it. Baby, feel that right there. What's that right there? I said, Willie, I don't know what it is. It's all right, just a her. You know how you get a her and it get a little bump. So it started growing out. So he went to the doctor here in Burgall, and they said it was a cyst. So I ain't think no more of it because I was dealing with a lot of stuff going through at that time. But I never forget, we went to, um, he had to have his surgery on the 19th of November. I never forget it in 2012. And we had went to church in, in um, Wilmington. And throughout all of that, I had prayed at the church that night. I said, God, please bring my husband through this surgery safely and where we can get on back home. So everything seemed like it was. Pastor brought a good word that night. Kim's car got broke into. Cops came. It was just a mess. But anyway, that day, the next day was that Monday, and he had to go to Burgau to get surgery because they said it was a cyst. Up and behold, God is so good. His sister, Annie Ray, called me and said, Neat, I believe I'm going to ride with y'all. I said, well, okay, Nanny Ray. And I, I said, Annie Ray? I said, that ain't like Annie Ray. And then Brother Hudson, he said, I'm going to meet y'all down there. You know, I got to be with my boy. I said, okay, Brother Hudson. God was planning it. We got down there. He went back for surgery. We sat there. The man come back out and said, Miss Bryant. I said, Miss Bryant. Well, I've got to tell you this. Uh, we got to take your husband to New Hanover Hospital because we cut his head open, but it wasn't a cyst. It was something else, and we can't even sew his head back up. Oh, my God. I got so nervous. I broke down and went to crying. And well, Anna Ray said, well, what's wrong with him? Can we see it? And the doctor said, yes, we're going to give him, give us five minutes and somebody will come out and get you so you can see him before we take you. So went back there to see him. He was just sitting there. And he said, babe, what's wrong? I said, oh, nothing, nothing. I said, well, you, did they tell you you got to go to Wilmington? And he said, yeah. And Ray said, Bro, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. So they left. I jumped in the car. Brother Hudson said he would come on later. And Ray said, you want me to drive? I said, no, because you drive too slow. So I drove. I beat the ambulance there. <laughs> we got there. He got in the room, and this team of doctors surrounded him, all these doctors. They kept looking at his head and looking at it, and... They kept looking at it, then they told him, you're going to have to have surgery in the morning, such and such, such and such time. Okay, I'm, I'm good with that. And Ray said, you want me to stay? I said, no, just take the car and go on. So they come and got my husband, and they was telling him, you know, what they was going to do. This team of doctors come back. And they was telling him what they're going to do. Then this nurse come in there and said, baby, you need somebody down here with you. I said, oh, what the world going on? He said, is there anybody I can call? Because you're going to need somebody here for you. Oh, by that time, I was just freaking out. Oh, my God. So that evening, they come and got my husband at 5.30 p.m. So we were sitting in, I was sitting in the waiting area, and Pastor was calling. She said, you want me to come? I said, no, I'm okay. 
just I'm always saying I'm okay and I'm really not okay. But they said, watch this TV screen and and it'll let you know when he finished. Y'all, it was 5.30. My husband went back there. I didn't see my husband. I kept going to look at the screen. The people had left. By that time, Brother Hudson and Sister Hudson come back. They got there about 7.30. They said, how long will it been back there? I said, 5.30. I said, they said it wouldn't take but maybe about four to five hours. Man, four to five hours passed by. I, that doctor came out at 3.35 in the morning and told me that the surgery wasn't what they thought it was going to be. They said that my husband, they thought it was cancer, but the fungus doctor come from someplace, and he had a fungus in his head. And they said he told me the only thing that kept my husband alive was where the fungus grew and died. It grew and died. He said... The surgery was so tedious, it had done eight through the skull. It was two to three centimeters from going into his brain. And that's why the surgery was so tedious. And he said they had to put a plate in over half of his head. Girl, I knew then it was nothing but God. They told my husband that he was the luckiest man in the whole hospital. My husband looked at him and said, no, I'm the blessed man in your whole hospital. I said, look at God. Look at, that was nothing but God. God has really proved himself to me and why I can't believe that he can do this little stuff when he did that big stuff. Sometimes I have to hit myself, Denise, what is wrong with you? You ain't got it yet. But that was God. Then in 2014, he went through something else. I mean, Willie is really a walking miracle. I mean, every time I look at my husband from time to time, he don't even know it. God, when I be going through something and worried about something, God bring him back to me. Because I know that was God. Amen. After that testimony, I don't know. <laughs> but my, I know God as Jehovah Rapha, my healer. Um, I've told this testimony before, like, I think like twice. So, over, Pastor had had an altar call, one, one service. And I came in here, I was with Renee, I came in here and I came up to the altar and she had an altar call for healing. So I went up there and I knew what I was going through. I was going through blood clots and all of that stuff. I was having blood clots in my legs and all that. I was going through a lot. And I had just got the diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. And that's been over 20, about 25 years now that I got that diagnosis. And Pastor had had an altar call for healing. So I came up here, and I was around the altar, and Pastor was um, doing her ministering and, and to people. And she didn't minister to me. She came around, and she touched me on my shoulder. She touched me on my shoulder. My back was turned to her, and she just touched me on my shoulder. And when she touched me, a warm sensation went from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And from that day forward, I believed God for my healing. And it's been 25 years now since I had that diagnosis. So I know him as Jehovah Rapha. He is a healer. He will heal you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to be real quick. I'm trying. Back in 2020... No, back in 2000, um, I had breast cancer surgery. And they had said, you know, if this is happening, we're going to cut it off. I didn't really know when I went in that it was going to be gone when I came back out. 
But when they uh, came back out, they talked to my family, and they was like, you know, she's a real, real blessed young girl, say, because that cancer was out there a whole year and a half, and we did not have to scrape none of her rib cage. In other words, when they did a cut, they did this clean cut and took everything, and out of 22 lymph nodes, not a single one of them had cancer where it would go out into the other parts of the body. And they, what they just said reminded me, um, I was having problems with my breathing. I couldn't get two or three words out, um, especially on the telephone or anything, without <laughs> having to huff and puff. So one day, just as the you guys were saying, Pastor man to call up a healing. And she said, run around in this circle. Here go me. I'm just running. I'm just running. And there's like 20, 30-some people running. But she called me. And when she called me, she put her hand on my back. She put her hand on my chest. And she just continued to speak the word. And she just... Uh, not one time after that, and I, I'm honest, not one time after that, because I think I came back and told you, not one time did I have anything wrong with my breathing. So, yes, I, I definitely know that there's a God. I'm just sitting over there <laughs> waiting, I guess, my turn, but I was going to get up, trust me. <laughs> Amen. To God be the glory. We're going to go ahead and turn out because I know we got many, 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 many more. Um, come on up here, Willie, for our offering. Renee? Wasn't that an inspiring message? Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.